Welcome in everybody to Wednesday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I'm your host this evening, John Harris, football analyst and silent reporter, and my partner to my right, voice of Texans, Mark Vandermeer. Mark, how are you? Johnny, I'm doing great, and I brought a guest today uh, who's not going to be on the air with us. Um, he would probably want to talk about NBA free agency and stuff, but that would be Vanderkid. Well, he'd probably talk about that better than, than anybody that, that we know, better than both of us. There's no doubt about that. I'd like to know his thoughts on Kevin Durant signing this three-year with an option deal where he can be, essentially he can be a free agent again in 2022. So he'll play two years for the Nets. Well, how about Kawhi? Kawhi can opt out after two years. I read it. It's like you get two years at a place and then you're gone. But I guess. Well, but and the Clippers traded 800 first round draft choices for him. Does it matter though? Honestly, matter. honestly, does it matter trading draft choices well, in the NBA? It's, it's funny because I think that with all that went down last week in the NBA, you know, we talked about how the NBA free agency stuff is the NFL draft, right? Mm-hmm. That the people were saying, well, the NFL free agency period isn't this exciting. Well, you don't have this kind of seismic movement, okay? Right. You don't have franchise you quarterbacks, quarterbacks changing, yeah. which is the equivalent of what's going on in the NBA. Exactly. So I get that part of it. However, there's nothing like the NFL draft. So the NBA draft means nothing now yeah. because everyone knew Zion was going number one. And to the casual, right. even more than casual sports fan, that's all that mattered. Where is Zion going, right? right? So now you have this free agency period, which is – Obviously, phenomenal for the NBA, but the NFL has the draft, and free agency is still a very big deal in the NFL. So I'll just stand by that. I, I think it's very exciting, though. I think the the NBA is really wide open. I'm really excited about next season. You know, I love basketball. It's yeah. cool. Yeah, it's going to be very uh, intriguing, mm-hmm. to say the least. So looking looking forward to that. We will have oh a little alliteration in the second segment. Brian Body Calhoun and. Uh, Buddy Howe going to join us in the second segment. Ooh, so, Brian and Buddy. The Killer Bees. Yeah, it's kind of nice. All it's right. The Astros Killer Bees. And then the final segment, you and I, we're going to take a look at the 13 opponents the Texans have. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give you I'm going to give you the best option possible. You can eliminate oh, the best <laughs> non-quarterback from those teams to help the Texans get a win. Eliminate the yes. best non-quarterback Eliminate from each them. team. Yeah, from each team so they I play. I can't take Mahomes nope. out of Kansas City. You can't take City. Mahomes, Luck, Brady, none of them. I wouldn't. Uh, then I get Jacoby Brissett, who's undefeated against the Texans. I know. It's just so what I'm I, not going to do that. Okay? <laughs> Thank you. Pick your poison. Not Luck, do it. Brissett. Mm-hmm. Luck's not undefeated against the Texans. But, nope. Man, sometimes not it, at all. Sometimes it feels like it. Nope. But I thought we could start with a little bit of gut reaction. Okay. And I want to start with... A, something that I heard on 610 from our pal, Mike Meltzer. Yep. And then he doubled down today with a tweet. Oh, no. Well, boy, he when you double down with a tweet, you're really committing to something. What did he do? So he made a comment that he did not think that Deshaun Watson had a great 2018 season. Then he kind of backtracked this morning, and then he put out a tweet essentially saying, do you agree with me or not? It's almost 50-50. Your gut reaction to Sean Watson did not have a great season, and 50% of the crowd agrees with that. Well, how do we define great these days? He threw for 4,000 yards, right? Yeah. And he ran for 500 yards, right? Yeah. And he threw for 25 touchdowns, right? Yes. And he's the only quarterback in the history of the NFL to do that, right? Yes. Is that great? I think it's pretty good. 
Yeah, I think it's. I think I, it's pretty darn I mean, good. Look, we could say, is it very good? Is it excellent? Is it great? Where does you know? How do you weigh all that out? When we look at Texans history, Johnny, mm-hmm. and I didn't even prepare for this. All right, so you're just throwing this at me, but yep. I can tell you that Watson had the highest quarterback rating in the history of the franchise, yes. which may not be saying much to a lot of people. I get that, yep. considering some of the some of the prospects they've had through the door here. But you did have Matt Schaub for a while, who was a league leader in passing yardage in 2009. See, that's the year I thought maybe Schaub would have eclipsed him in quarterback rating, but he didn't. Watson right. had the highest quarterback rating in the history of the franchise, even more than anything Matt Schaub did, anything anybody else did over the course of a season. So I think that you have to hand him something for that. Right. And look, as far as Texans quarterback accomplishments, all right, a lot of people are going to say, well, that's a dubious honor. Hey, let's just put that aside for a moment and look at him compared to everybody else. We just talked about something he had done that no one else in history has done. 4,000 yards is, what is it the equivalent of in other sports? I don't know. But you you throw for 4,000, and you don't always have to throw for 4,000. Back in the day, you know, if you look at the 80s, 4,000 was a really tough number to get. Yeah. And not everybody who threw for 4,000 was a great quarterback, but usually you were. Usually you were when you threw for 4,000. I remember Bill Kenny of the Kansas City Chiefs yeah. threw for 4,000 yards. He's not a great quarterback. But Watson made so many plays with his legs, with his arm. I, I'll, I'll go this way too, Johnny. Did he have a great season? We have to remember what he was dealing with. The collapsed lung. Coming back from the ACL. Yep. Uh, people say, you know, this is one of those arguments too. Well, the offensive line isn't good enough. Well, okay, but Watson played really well behind that line under the circumstances. Well, Watson didn't have a great season. Well, which is it? You know, you have to pick a side here maybe. I I always go to the side of it's a collective ensemble effort, right? Right. You know, everybody's got to play better. But Watson did have a great season. Is it great enough to win a Super Bowl? Obviously not. He did not have a great playoff game. He, you know, they didn't finish the way they wanted. I understand all that. But 11 wins in the NFL with the numbers we put out, to me, that qualifies. I think so, too. Okay, this one, I'm, I should have started with this one, but the Meltzer's tweet was just right in front of me when I saw it, so I started with that. Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio put this out late last night. In fact, I saw it as I was going to bed. The fact that, Former GM Brian Gain and Bill O'Brien disagreed on signing Devian Clowney to a long-term deal. And I saw that information. Oh, I don't want to give my opinion. I want to get your gut reaction to when you saw that tweet from I, I, Mike Florio. I think they were article. I, I think they were united on most player acquisitions and contract decisions and things like that. I'm sure there were some disagreements. Look, those two said from day one that there would be some disagreements because guess there what? There is with everybody. It's two different people, and you're looking at things that are certainly you know, worthy of multiple opinions right. like this. Like how much to pay a guy, how many years to commit for, how many dollars to offer him. I would not be surprised if there was some disagreement there, but I'm doubting that that was the issue. I'm doubting that that was the you know, the, the straw that broke the camel's back or whatever. Uh, I think that what happens is, you know, somebody – and look, I don't know this for a fact, but how could this possibly happen? How could a story like this break? Well, somebody says, yeah, we didn't we didn't see eye to eye on that one. And all of a sudden it's, the two parties disagree. Right. And it led to the dismissal. Or it, le- it, it – come on. Yeah, sometimes people make too big a deal out of this stuff. Clearly this would not be the thing. Yeah. And 
I, I here's my thought when I when I saw that. I saw it and went, okay, you that's a wide ranging thought to say that you disagreed on Jadevian Clowney. What was it that you disagreed yeah. on? There's so many different things that could go into that. Mm-hmm. And the other one, and I got asked this uh, today uh, when I was on in College Station with Texags uh, as I'm each week. They they asked me about that, and I just said, I know a lot of people want people want to look for the smoking gun. They want to yeah. look for one oh, thing. That's why Brian Gain was like, if you think that. One particular instance, that instance is the reason why a general manager was let go after 18 months, then you're you're sadly mistaken. Sadly mistaken. And and who could say that if, if you're going to stand on a table for a guy, that's going to lead to a parting of the ways, right. a working relationship ending, you know, even I, if you were going to stand on a table. And I would doubt that it's that clear cut anyway. Both, look, no matter who... When you talk to people about Clowney and, and how good he is, and is he a pass rusher, is he not a pass? Look, Clowney's obviously really good at rushing the passer. He's not a double-digit sack guy, I get it. Really great against stopping the run. Mm-hmm. Really good at getting into the opponent's backfield. All of that stuff. But we can disagree about, uh, is he one of the best pass rushers in the game? Or how do you define him? Is he a pass rusher? Is he just a, a home wrecker up front? Yeah. <laughs> is he a widow maker in the, in the box? <laughs> You know, is he that? I don't know. I mean, yeah. so you could see that there would be disagreement as to how to define him and in in what category to pay him. But I'm doubting that that was uh, the reason for things happening here. And earlier this afternoon, Adam Schefter tweeted that the Texans are not going to hire a general manager. This is what we've been talking about for a while, that they would go in this direction where they would divvy up the responsibilities, as he mentions here, between Baz, Matt Bazigan, James Lipford, Chris Olson, and Jack Easterby. That's the tweet. I don't know if there will be an official statement, but this is not really anything that we haven't already talked about. This has been in play, so I think we're kind of used to that, so you know, we'll move on. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gut reaction to this. I actually heard Cecil and Mike talking about this. The Your gut reaction to this, mm-hmm. there are two things that I want to hit. Uh, Cecil and Mike were talking about this, and it caught my attention. Uh, SB Nation did a ranking of the receiver it looks like quartets. They did the top four wide receivers. No tight ends, uh, I think. I'm making sure of that. That changes everything when you're able to include, like, for Kansas no tight and Kelsey. Or well, whatever. yeah, exactly. Uh, no tight ends. Mm-hmm. Because, according to this list, they have the Kansas City Chiefs 22nd wide receiver group with Tyreek Hill, and they have question marks. Sammy Watkins, Demarcus Robinson, Miko Hardman. They have the Texans ranked number nine on this Mm -hmm. list. A, your gut reaction to that and gut reaction to the Cincinnati Bengals being the number five group of wide receivers. With A.J. Green and... Exactly. Yeah. So my gut reaction to that was I I wanted to throw, because I could make a case for the Raiders being better, the Eagles being better, the Chargers being better, the Texans being better. Those I, you can Dallas. Dallas is below Chicago. I don't know if I'm buying Chicago. Let's be honest but. here. Most teams, when you get to number four, mm-hmm. you know that's going to be if you're going to offset number four. Yeah. Because number four doesn't get the opportunities on most teams. Right. Right. right? I mean, Vincent Smith. We don't know how good he could really. They be. have listed and, DeAndre Carter for the Texans. Oh, they do. Yeah. That, that that's what they have. 
Because they went off of what catches from last year. I guess. I guess I mean, they've have, they have rookies listed in here. They have the Eagles at number seven with Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar, who we saw last year. Both of them killed the Texans. They have Deshaun Jackson as number three, who's an addition free agency. And then they have number four, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, who came out of Stanford. So they have rookies listed in here. But the Bengals' top four receivers are A.J. Green, legit. I mean, A.J., he's the truth. It's fine. Tyler Boyd, who's been good. John Ross, who hasn't popped a pimple on an elephant's and backside. He, and he admits that. Yeah. And Alex Erickson, who, who? is – He's a more return guy than he is a receiver. They're yeah. the Bengals at number five. But your gut reaction to the Texans being included in the top ten at number nine? Well, look, we all know what has to happen for them to flourish. Health is the key here. Fuller, QT, you get those guys healthy. You keep them healthy for the majority of the season with DeAndre Hopkins. I don't care who your number four receiver is. Could be me, okay? <laughs> Seriously. You have those yeah. top three guys healthy for the bulk of the season. Watch it. Watch water find the level, and the level will be yeah. top three in the league at the outside. Just those three. Yeah. Never mind if it's Smith or Carter or whoever else. Those three guys healthy will make all the difference on this particular list. If you make this a true four-wide receiver situation, Falcons, Julio, Calvin Ridley, Muhammad Sanu, Justin Hardy. Okay, legit. I like that. Cleveland, number two. I mean, I don't like that coming in here, but I No, I know. Cleveland, that. number two. OBJ, Jarvis, Antonio Callaway. Hollywood Higgins. That's a that, legit that, number. That's pretty four. good. The number, yeah, but the number, the three, the top three guys top three there are, are all really good. But we all know they're going to implode. Rams, Cooks, Woods, Cup, and Josh Reynolds. I good. think you can make a case that the Rams. It, it, I mean, you can't put the Rams above the Falcons. But they've but, got health question marks as well. Well, Cup, Cup coming Cup, back. Cup coming back. Yep. And I think that when, when it's all said and done, you're going to see. You're going to see the Texans right up there if I what so I too. said happens. You yeah. know, with the hypothetical of health, which I hate to say it's a hypothetical, but it but, often is. No, it's true. As I look at this list, if everybody stays healthy, I mean, they got the Chargers at number eight. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Travis Benjamin. Those three are phenomenal. Yeah. Now, you don't get much out of Dylan Cantrell, but. But uh, again, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It, it almost It's doesn't your top matter. three guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's your top three guys. What about Pittsburgh? Do they have them? Pittsburgh up there is listed anywhere? 14. Yeah. And just because I know people are going to be wondering, uh, the New England Patriots are number 25. They have Julian Edelman, Nikhil Harry. They have Demarius Thomas. I don't know how how DT is going to be ready. I don't know. He can't be ready. Well, he could. Listen, we all talk about Devere Posey. He was ready. uh, Deontay Foreman, not quite so ready. Achilles is weird. I don't know know about Demarius being ready. It was late in December. For the Patriots, Demarius is one of those, maybe we get him back in December, November, December, stretch run. Hey, what is it? Could he return here? post-Thanksgiving. Ooh, no. No. Maybe. The only way. That would be less than a year. Just under a year. Yeah, maybe. Sunday night, December 1st against. Look, this is not going to be like when he went back to Denver. No, 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 no. He stopped the game. He's not gonna have, they're not going to be a big, huge poster <laughs> a, over the scoreboard. Thank you, DT. No, no, no. Yeah. It's not going to be like that. We do thank DT for what he gave to this team. But Thanks, it, DT, it won't for that, that great drive against the Broncos to open the game in Denver last year. But, but think about that for a second. And it's just always what worries me about the Patriots. It's Edelman and then a rookie. Mm. And that's really all they have at wide receiver. Yeah, I know. Every time and the reason talk- that scares me? Is because I'm afraid they could make a move. Oh, like during the year, they're like, like "Oh, we got to make somebody. a trade." 
Or they get Josh Gordon back. I mean, who knows? Yeah, who knows? one of those. Oh. Gronk comes back. They get. Don't but, even bring that up. Well, don't the other even. Day don't, you don't, were asking no. me about stuff, and then all of a sudden he's he's catching passes from Brady. I know, but he's lost thirty pounds or twenty pounds or whatever. So, it is. so he's got lighter, so he can play wide receiver. Is that what you're saying? I don't know. <laughs> he comes back in December. You stick him in there for the playoffs. Oh, Yikes! No. All right, Mark. We're going to talk to Green Body Calhoun and Buddy Howell next on Texans All Access. You're going to be back for the final segment. Yep. So I got a little something special for you. We're going Brian and Buddy next. Texans All Access. Welcome back to a Wednesday edition of Texans All Access. Before we get to Brian Body Calhoun and Buddy Hal, a quick note about an Adam Schefter tweet from later today. Adam Schefter tweeted that the Texans would not name a GM in 2019, that they would divvy up the responsibilities between individuals, Matt Bazrigan, James Lipford, Chris Olson, and Jack Easterby. And that's the way that they would go in 2019. I don't know if that's too much news, really. Maybe I'm wrong in that, but that was something that we've talked about. It's kind of been in play, I would think, for a while. So, really, no no sort of change. But if you saw that tweet, wonder what's going on, that's kind of the gist of it. And it's really been the way it's been for the last few weeks. But the Texans will have no GM divvying up the responsibilities amongst those very capable hands this year. So, let's get into our conversation with Brian Body Calhoun. A guy I had a serious crush on. I got to tell you this. This is a crush come to life. Oh, really? <laughs> I was a huge fan of yours at the University of Minnesota. Uh, a huge you. fan when you were playing at the U, as they say up there. That's right. And you've transitioned into a player that can do pretty much anything in the secondary. It's one thing that Mark and I talked about. You can play anywhere. Where would you want to play? Where is your best fit in the secondary? I would say my best fit in the secondary would be inside at the nickel position. I would okay. say that's my best fit. Why would you say that? I know that. He knows that. But why would you say What would you say about that? Closer to the ball, able to communicate more freely with the safeties, with the corners, with the linebackers. And I just like to be around the box. I like to play in the box. And uh, I just think for my skill set, playing those more shifty guys in the slot is where I feel most comfortable and where I, where I play my best ball at. Um, not that I don't feel confident anywhere else, but I just feel for me that's where I play best at. What was it like being in Cleveland for you in that atmosphere with all the changes taking place? Um, it was it was different, but it was a it was a great learning experience coming into the NFL. I would mm-hmm. say, um, especially being a young guy, I didn't really know what to expect, so my eyes were uh, uh, wide open. And um, I'm always a guy that's just ready for change. I've had to deal with a lot of change in my life, so uh, that wasn't really new to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I just try to look at look at everything um, openly and uh, see what God had in store for me. What made Houston attractive for you? It's funny that you talk about crushes because Houston was a crush of mine coming out. Um, I was only worked out by two teams um, in the whole NFL, and Houston was one of those teams. Got to sit down uh, with Coach Butler, I think it was, I yeah, believe. Yeah, um, time, yeah. Yep, Coach Butler got to sit down with him, have dinner with him. Then the next day he came and worked uh, me and two of my teammates out. Uh, worked me, uh, me and two of my teammates out. So I was – and I, like, I just always liked their philosophy and their style of play. Um, when you look around the league, there's not too many defensive uh, secondaries that play that much man and that much off man. So um, even when I was at Cleveland, even when I was at Jacksonville, I always turned on Houston Texans film just to watch their DBs play because I really like their philosophy and how they play. When you came out, you joined the Jacksonville Jaguars. It didn't work out there. Then you went to the Browns. But what did you learn in that experience? Like what changed for you because you've turned it into an NFL career for yourself? Um, I would say my transition from Jacksonville to Cleveland. Uh, Jacksonville, when I got down there, was extremely competitive. Um, I got down there, we had about 11 corners. 
So um, being undrafted and going into a room <laughs> with 11 corners, you're like, wow, um, how am I going to make this team? And a lot of those corners were veteran guys. Right. Uh, it was out of the 11, I believe, it, me, it was uh, just three rookies. It was me, uh, Mike Hilton, who was my roommate, who's um, in Pittsburgh, and Jalen Ramsey, the fifth overall pick. <laughs> yeah. So, so he was probably going to make he, it. I think he <laughs> yeah. definitely had a good spot shot. Yeah. What's <laughs> interesting is all three of those guys have made an impact in the NFL. Right. I mean, you guys all made an impact coming out coming out of there. So you guys, they, they sort of knew what they were doing, bringing those three corners and putting them together. Right. And I'm talking about we were all, and those are just the rookies. I'm talking right. About you know, I mean, everybody else was uh, was drafted there. We had Aaron Colvin, who, yeah. who was down there too, drafted to Jacksonville. Uh, Dwayne Gratz drafted. Uh, oh, Nick yeah. Marshall, who just went there undrafted the year before, mm-hmm. who played. Um, so, like I said, it was just a it was a load of talent down there. All right, one more for you. I know being in the community, working in the community is important to you. Back home, wherever it is, are you looking forward to getting involved with that here? Of course, of course. I always like to um, – well, I was an elementary education major in the uh, University of Minnesota, so I'm always looking to impact, and I'm always starting with education because I just feel like – if you know better, you'll do better. Um, if you know the stove is hot, you're not gonna put your hand there. And once you put your hand there, you probably wouldn't put it there again. Put it there again. And um, I believe that just in society, a lot of people make their mistakes or they go the wrong path because they just don't have the education or they just don't have um, their the know the uh, the awareness to uh, to know. You know. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm always just trying to feed knowledge and trying to feed education um, wherever I go. That was a thousand percent true about my crush on BBC. I was a huge fan of his in college and really glad that he is here with the Houston Texans. Now, last year, going through the waiver process, Buddy Howell was released one of the last few cuts of the Miami Dolphins. And the Texans added him in the waiver process. He became a key factor on special teams. And we asked him, what was it like to come in that late into the process? Coming in, they told me my role. They told me what to focus on, and that's what I did. So every day I came in, I made sure I made an impact and learned what I had to learn to go out there and be effective. And just going out there playing fast and having fun was one of the main things you could do as a football player. So doing that, it helped me be successful throughout the year. Buddy, how was that process for you? You spent training camp with the Dolphins, and then all of a sudden – you get to that point, and you don't make the Dolphins, but the Texas call up and say, hey, we claimed you on waivers. Come on over here. So you haven't had that bonding time at training camp, and then you kind of thrown right into the fire week one. What was that process like for you? Um, it was crazy because I've never really been away from home. Been home my entire life. Yeah, you know, so, Miami's your home. Yeah, Miami's my home. So, you know, I went to Florida Atlantic, so that's right up the road. So, shoot, I was given like five hours to come get ready and come to Houston. Yeah. And it was like, I ain't really get it. Until, like, you know, I got home with my mom, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to Houston. And she was like, you know. But getting in, you know, great coaches, you know, they gave me everything possible to have me upbeat and ready for um, the next game. So I didn't play New England game, but the next game after that I was in. So just, you know, following instructions, doing what you got to do, being attentive and wanting to get ahead and learn was the best thing that I did. And once you win, you just play football. At the end of the day, it's football, and there's no tricks, there's no gimmick to it, but you know, just going out there having fun was my main thing. I'm grateful to be here. I was happy to be here. So, shoot, that was a – it was just a plus for me that somebody claimed me to put me on a 53-man roster. Are you lobbying for carries? Are you begging for carries right now <laughs> just to get um, a shot at it? Like, you know, as a running back, you would love to get a carry. Yeah. But when you know your role and you yeah. play your role, it's a good feeling to go out there and compete because some people can get frustrated. You right. You know, trying to beg for carries and want carries, and you don't get a carry, then you get frustrated. So – 
I don't really set myself up for that mindset. Mm-hmm. I just know they want me here for special teams, make an impact on special teams. So that's my thing. But if I get a carry, that's a bonus to me. Right. It's like, hey, it's time to roll. But, yeah. you know, I work hard day in and day out on scout teams, um, look team, mm-hmm. with the real team. So if a carry comes my way, I wouldn't, I wouldn't complain. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not going to sit here and say as a running back I don't want to carry. But as a smart player, I know my role, so I focus yeah. on my role. Buddy, we've been in Houston for a long time, so we obviously know all the different places to go. You're new to Houston. Mm-hmm. How different was the transition coming from Miami where you lived your entire life, played your college ball, and all of a sudden you got to come to this place – I'd imagine you felt a little bit like a foreigner, but how's it how's it been kind of getting used to living in Houston and being here? First thing I'm going to say is Houston is big. <laughs> yeah. It's like Texas is huge and it's like everything's like a 30-minute drive. So, you know, at first. Everywhere. Yeah. So, at first, my first year, I just, you know, stayed in the facility, you know, stayed close, live right down the street. So, I didn't really try to complicate things. But now as I'm like getting older, I'm trying to like move around, see more places to, you know, to go eat and stuff like that. And I just realized you want to go somewhere, you, you better get ready for that 25-minute drive. <laughs> And for somebody from Miami, that's like going to Fort Lauderdale, Broward, which is kind of yeah. like out the way. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. just getting used to traveling with time, patience, and, you know, venturing around. But, you know, Houston is a good place because everybody's nice. Yeah. It's not really much hostile. And, you know, everybody's for Houston. Yeah. You know, you know, Miami is a whole bunch of everything over there. So having people treat you with respect, that was one of the main things that I noticed. And even when my mom came up, she was like, I noticed everybody's so nice. And it's a great feeling, but, you know, I'm just getting used to the distance, the time. And, Absolutely. You know, being prepared for just making that drive. Did FAU have an indoor practice facility? <laughs> when I was going in, they promised that when I was uh, <laughs> my freshman year. Lane couldn't get it done. <laughs> yeah, it was it was Coach Partridge, and then oh, Lane yeah. took over. But I think now they just added an addition to the stadium mm-hmm. to get that started. But yeah, like they promised me that my freshman year, and then like I think like my senior year, we did like a groundbreaking speech, and they still ain't break ground. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> they finally like starting to get stuff rolling, so you know it's on the way. It should be on the well, way. Well, I ask because every guy from South Florida, I always like to get the heat comparison: oh, the gosh. heat here versus oh. the heat in South Florida. Which uh, there's more humidity there, there's no doubt, but I, I think it's hotter that. here. You know, so it's going to be interesting this okay, year. Okay, so first off, I can say in Miami, South Florida. When you first walk out, you're going to start sweating. Yeah. The humidity makes you sweat and get wet early. So it's like, you know, you're already like soaking wet mm-hmm. by the beginning of practice. Here is really dry. So like you can actually feel it on your skin yeah. if you don't have long sleeves. Like, oh, shoot, it's hot. Yeah. But in Miami, it's just like as soon as you walk out, it's like, oh, I'm dripping, I'm dripping. So, you know, it's easy to take that comparison. I haven't spent much time in Miami, but I do know when I walk outside, I instantly sweat. So Miami must be brutal. But big thanks to Buddy Howe and Brian Body Calhoun for joining us. If you could take one player off all 13 opponents in the 2019 season, who would it be? Mark Vandermeer gets to choose next right here on Texans All Access. One final segment on this Wednesday evening of Texans All Access. I'm John. That's Mark. We mm-hmm. are back. And Mark, I said I would have something a little special for you. I started thinking about this when I was looking. I was looking at the schedules. I was looking at the schedules of the the AFC South teams. Man, it's pretty rough to start the year for the AFC South for all the for division teams. All four division teams. Okay. The Colts go at Chargers, at Titans, the home Falcons. The Ooh. Titans go. At Cleveland, home Colts at Jags. The Jags have two home games, but it's the Chiefs. Then they come here. Then they face the Titans, and we obviously have New Orleans, the Jags, and the Chargers. So pretty pretty salty. And then I started looking at the comparison. The Colts 
than the Texans. We have the same exact schedule, except for we go to Baltimore, they go to Pittsburgh, we play the Patriots here, they play the Dolphins there. Well, that's the one big break they get. They don't have to play the Patriots, the Texans do. But I've pointed this out several times about the schedule since before we knew what the schedule was because we knew Knew that they would have to play the Steelers on the road, right? Right. We knew that about the – And the Texans have to go to Baltimore, which is no picnic. But I'd still – look, if you're going to allow me to choose – Based on what I'm looking at right now, I'd rather go to Baltimore than go to Pittsburgh. Not yes. that that's easy at all. It's Agreed. extremely difficult, but uh, I don't want to play Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh if I have the choice. And they have to do that. Yep. But playing the Patriots is tough. At least you get them at home. I love that you bring this up because when we project how things might go in the comp- in the division, mm-hmm. you know, it's really important to point out that they're playing these teams too, that yep. they're playing a really tough schedule. And – after three games, who knows what the records are? You could have three and zero, oh, two and one, one and two, whatever the ca- whatever the case may be. Last year, you were zero and three and won the division. The Colts were one and five and got very close to winning the division. Right. So you just don't know how it's going to shake out. But I-, I love watching these things and watching what the opponents have to deal with as well. It's the same exact schedule minus those two games. Yep. It's the same exact schedule as far as road home and everything like that. Right? So this got me thinking. Okay, man. Because I started thinking about the schedule, and I started thinking about Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill has kind of been the inspiration for this because of what's going on in the indefinite nature of when right. he's going to be back. Does and, he play? Does he not play? Right. If he plays, how many games does he play? What does the NFL do? I, I feel like there is going to be a suspension coming, but I just don't know. And so that got me thinking, wait a second. If you took Tyreek Hill off the Chiefs, does that guarantee the Texans a win? I was like, ah, eh, you can never guarantee a win. It's like... If you took one player off each opponent, mm. which player would you take off to give the Texans the best chance to guarantee a win? So I was like, okay, let me narrow this down and make this a little easier. I'm going to give you an either or. You can take off one guy or the other oh, to give the Texans oh, a I don't better get to pick. Okay, go no, ahead. No, you don't get to pick. So now, we open if you want that football, if you want, you can throw one in there. Okay. Here's the caveat: no quarterbacks. Yeah. You All cannot. Right take a quarterback off the field. It's the only fun way to play this game because obviously you did. Yeah, because you would New Orleans Breeze done. We'll face Taysom Hill. Everybody, without even looking, okay? No Breeze. You just go the whole list. The whole list. So here we go. Starting off Monday Night Football. Taking this player off the field, what would give the Texans a better chance? Taking Alvin Kamara or Michael Thomas? See, that's interesting you went both on offense. Which one would you pick? I know. Now, they're not all this way. They're not all this way. You didn't go Cam Jordan or something like that. No. Alvin Kamara or Michael Thomas. Okay, so. Which one do you want to take off? I'm going to go Kamara. I can deal deal with a receiver. He's great, and he might get his. It's kind of like basketball. He'll get his. He'll get his 25, 30 points, but we can still win the game. With Kamara, he affects the game in so many different ways. He can catch the ball. He can run with the ball. He's a terror. Returns. It's not going to be easy at all without him, but if that's my only choice, I'm going to take him. And I think that as far as going over and plucking somebody off the defense, I would probably, like when we were talking about this, my first thought was Kamara. Yeah, Kamara's the one that I would take. And to your point, Michael Thomas might give you 35 points, mm-hmm. but Kamara's going to give you 24 points, 12 boards, 8 assists, mm-hmm. 3 steals, maybe a couple of blocks. He's going to yeah. hurt you in so yeah. many different ways. I- I'm with you on Kamara. The next one's a little tougher, right? Jacksonville. Yeah. All right, you ready for this one? Oh, okay. Either or. 
you can take off either Jalen Ramsey or Calais Campbell. I was going to say that those should be the two guys. Yeah. I would say Ramsey. It looked really comfortable for DeAndre Hopkins right. against Ramsey in Both the closing games. game. Yeah, in the in the uh, first game too, yeah. there. But you know, I just I still think that that's a tough matchup for them. And can you imagine if you have all your receivers healthy and yeah. they have no Ramsey? That would be really because where do you put Boye? Because yeah. at that point, you move Boye over to Hopkins. No, Boye's going to cover put, Hopkins. He's going yeah. to want that challenge. He's right. going to beg for that challenge. And then, okay, fine, cover him man-to-man or at least try. And I got the other guys to throw balls to as well. And if you take Calais, you still got to deal with Yannick. I almost put Ngakwe on there. And I almost had to decide between Campbell and well, Ngakwe. Well, good pass rusher there. And Calais yeah. is obviously as well. But on offense, I don't think there's anybody else. I'm not scared yeah, of Fournette right now. Of course, Fournette could get it together professionally and all of a sudden terrorize people, but I right. just have a feeling that's not going to happen I'm very with quickly. You. I just don't see that. I don't see that going on. Ah, week three, Tough the one. L.A. Chargers. Keenan Allen. Or okay. Joey Bosa. Ooh. A healthy, a healthy, and that's key because he has not been healthy. He wasn't healthy to start 7-16. He wasn't healthy to start last year. Are you taking off either Joey Bosa or Keenan I, Allen? I got to tell you, Johnny. Every time I watch the Chargers, I feel like Keenan Allen is catching ten balls, and and he, and it's workmanlike. It's lunch pail stuff. It's it's he's the kind of guy who just puts the work in. Mm-hmm. He's moving the chains. He's getting things going all day long. He's a problem for the defense. And even if he doesn't break big ones, he's moving the sticks down the field. I don't want to deal with him. I think they're a very different team without him. If I have a choice, I think I'm going there, and I'll have to find a way to deal with Joey Bosa. Yeah, I, I, I might, I might have to go Bosa on that. Even though I, I, I love Allen for what he gives you because Allen can go in the slot, and that's where he killed the Steelers last year, was in the slot. So I might go Oppo on you because I just I don't know about blocking Bosa. He's so tough. Okay, but you, you actually either one on that, you you. I don't know if you win, but, man. You're out in L.A. Yeah, it's tough. Week four, mm-hmm. Carolina Panthers. One on each side of the ball. Okay. You can take off either Christian McCaffrey, mm-hmm. who is a dual threat, run, uh, run receiving threat, who's yeah. tremendous, or you can take off inside linebacker, the best in the game, Luke Keekley. Well, here's the thing. I still have nightmares of Keekley not playing in week two of 2015 <laughs> and the Texans still losing. But I would have to say Keekley would be the guy I would yeah. move. Uh, McCaffrey's really dangerous. There's no doubt. But I'm going to go defense on this one. I'm with you. I want to be able to outscore them if I need to, and it's really going to help if he's not in the game. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think I think Keekley is the – he's the nerve center for that whole defense. Mm-hmm. Whereas you still have Cam. McCaffrey's going to hurt you just because he's that, he's that good. But I think McCaffrey's probably going to hurt you in one way. I think he'll hurt you in the receiving game. I don't know if they hurt you in the running game, but if you shut down the running game and just make him a pure receiver, then, yeah, taking Keekley. And by the way, I was watching – who was I watching? I was watching the Panthers and the Redskins. I think it was Panthers and Redskins, and I was watching Keekley. Oh, I mean, he's so good. He is so unbelievable. I know you he love him. He knows where the ball is going every play. It's amazing to watch him and go – how does he step this way when there's all kinds of action going on in the backfield? He knows exactly where to go. He's it's smart. He's quick. He's, he's so amazing. You know, talking about this is getting me so fired up for the season. I and And I think about it, and we were talking about the NBA at the beginning of the show, and I mm-hmm. thought, you know, 
the NBA playoffs are so exciting, especially as they get into the conference finals and the finals. Yep. Do you know what the NFL equivalent of the NBA playoffs is? Sunday. Yeah. Sunday is the equivalent of <laughs> yeah, the NBA Sunday. playoffs. It's a good point. That's no, true. Every Sunday it's is true. just phenomenal. You look forward to it like it's the the peak of a playoff time in another sports season. It's the NFL. It's every week. It's beautiful. Anyway, go on. This Atlanta. concludes this commercial for the National Football League. Go on. All right. Atlanta. Mm-hmm. You take it off either Julio Jones or Julio Jones. You get no choice on that because I couldn't think of anybody else that you would take off other than Julio. Who do you yeah, take off? Yeah, Brooks Reed no longer plays for them, so he's no, not a threat. I mean, uh, I don't just joking around. I like Brooks. Uh, I, I, so let's go Julio Jones. It's got to be Julio Jones. Yeah, there's nobody else I'd pick. Up. Okay, so Kansas City. This is where I assumed. I just I assumed Tyree Kill because I don't know if there's anybody else in Kansas City outside of Mahomes that you take off and go. Oh yeah, but you take Tyree Kill off, all of a sudden things change. So with with Kansas City, I made it Travis Kelsey. Or new pass rusher, Frank Clark. I know that Clark is good, and that was a good acquisition for them, right. considering their losses in the front seven. I would love to take Travis Kelsey off that team. Yeah, if I take Kelsey and Hill off that off that yeah, field. I mean, come on. I, look, they're still going to be dangerous. I don't care who's playing because it's Mahomes, and, right. and he looks really good. Uh, give me that opportunity. I'll take it. Okay. I'm going to say, oh, I forgot one. I was going to mm-hmm. go to Oakland. I forgot Indianapolis. Okay, oh, this yeah. is, oh boy, here you go. Oh, okay. Wait, this is actually the more I thought about no, this. Like, wait there's, a no, there's no, there's no okay. other answer. Is it? There's no other answer. Okay, Hilton or Darius Leonard? No? Look, I'm I'd with lo- you. There's no I'd, other answer. I'd love to take Leonard. I, look, Leonard's a sensational player. Right. Quentin Nelson. No, just kidding. I did think uh, about that. I almost put that down. But here's the thing. When Hilton wasn't in the game in week four last year, yeah. They still move the ball. Right. Zach Pascal and, I mean, who are these guys? Ryan Grant, whoever else I mean, they had come in the on. Field. Yeah. So they're still dangerous, but they lose that huge play threat. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? Another, another pro football t- uh, talk post that had me nauseous in the last couple of weeks was, Colts are very happy with the progress of Jack Doyle. I'm like, oh, that's I great. Know. Thank you very I much. Thanks a lot. Yeah, Ebron and Doyle. That. Great. Thank you. Have a I nice day. I, it's still Hilton. For this, for this franchise, it's Hilton. Yeah, of course. For this yeah, franchise, it's You Hilton. have to take the clown out of it. Uh, Oakland. Antonio Brown or Antonio Brown? There's nobody else. Nobody else. I mean, you can't take the quarterback off, so if you're going to remove one player here. Right now, it's Antonio Brown. It's Antonio Brown. Baltimore was tricky. So I made it this. You want to take off two additions, running back Mark Ingram or safety Earl Thomas? What, who's that receiver now? Yeah, exactly. It's kind of the point. They drafted Marquise Brown out of Oklahoma, and they've got Willie Sneed. Do you and, see Mark Ingram doing much there? No. Honestly, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I don't know that I see either one of them doing a ton. I know people get really excited about Earl, but it's a whole different defense back there for Earl. He's already talked about that. Yeah, I think it would have to be Earl if I'm going to pick. Yeah, I would I probably deal pick with Earl Mark too. Ingram. I just want Lamar Jackson off the field. Yeah. Now, if we're out, if we're allowed to take a non-quarterback off the field, can we take Lamar Jackson's runs Ooh, away? That's a great point. That's a great point. Take away a skill. Okay, New England was tricky because I feel like with no Gronk and you can't take Brady, I felt like, well, you'd take Edelman, right? I felt like that was a slam dunk, so yeah. it made it a little more difficult. You can only take one of these two off the field. All right. Running back, dual threat weapon, James White, or linebacker, Dante Hightower. Look, I just saw these Sony Michelle highlights. 
and I'm not feeling too good about that either, you know? But he's yeah, – there's a chance he'll be hurt. Yeah. White's dependable. All right, so wait, White or who? who White or Dante Hightower, linebacker. I'll take I'll take Hightower away. He does so much for them defensively. Oh, but James that's, White, Johnny. I, no, no, no. For the, scratch that. No, I'm taking I'm taking White out of there. See, that's the thing. I'm if taking White leave, off. The field. If you, you take kidding? White off, you still have a chance at Michelle. Maybe Damian Harris. You know you got Rex Burkhead, and you remember that game that Randy Bullock missed a field goal. Who caught every pass down the field that whole drive against us and the Bengals? Rex freaking Burkhead. Oh he scares gosh. me to death. Who was key in the AFC Championship game down the stretch? Rex Burkhead. What? They have 10 running backs. I know. I still want Hightower off the field, though. It's so funny because we were talking about where their receivers are ranked, how low yeah. they are ranked. All the stuff that we say negatively, or we, the media <laughs> says know. negatively about the Patriots. Yeah. But who do you think is going to win the AFC? Oh, Patriots. Patriots. Yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly. Oh, Brady playing? Even uh, if he doesn't, they're still going to win 10 games, right? Yeah. That's what kind of respect they get, and it's earned. Uh, Tampa Bay was tough. I'm skipping over Denver. I'll get back to that. Tampa Bay was tough. It was Mike Evans or Devin White. I couldn't really. I was Mike like, Evans. It's got to be Mike Evans. Um, By the way, I met his high school basketball coach. Oh, really? Mike at, Evans? At Galveston, Galveston Ball. Ball. Yeah, Mike Kleinecke. Yeah. Who I played golf with, I just ran in, ran into him at Moody Gardens yeah, yeah. last week, and I met up with him and his son Jordan, uh, me and my uh, father-in-law Steve, and we played two days with them because we yeah. all got along great. Those guys play really well. That's now awesome. Mike coaches uh, golf at um, Galveston Ball. It was it was fun catching up with very those guys. nice. Tennessee, get to the division opponent. Yeah, you can take off either Derrick Henry, yes, or Jarrell Casey. Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry. Get him off the field. Because, look, I've got Mariota, and I'll find a way to deal with that defense. Look what happened last year. Yeah, the I'll last okay. two years. I'll last two okay. years at home. Yeah, last two years at home. I'll be, I'm not going to sit here and declare I'll be okay, but I'd rather have Henry off the field. He's deadly. Because, look, Lamar Miller had this epic run, and there was so much meaning to it. We don't have to recap it all now, but Mr. McNair, all of right. that stuff. But right. the 97 yards, never mind anything else, 97-yard run, and then a week later, or was it a few days later? I forget how long later. Derrick yeah. Henry is a ninety-nine yard run. Yeah, he pie faces does not happen Jaguars. every day in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Still, they have written operas and songs about Tony Dorsett's ninety-nine and a half yard run. Yeah, I would take Henry off too. I was trying okay. to think of something. I was like, I had the exact same thought. We've moved the ball against them with mm-hmm. Casey, even though Casey can be a terror if he's on the field or not. They still can move the football against him. The only one mm-hmm. I didn't give you was Denver. Mm-hmm. You want to take off? Bradley Chubb, and I didn't put Von Miller in this because that would be too easy. Bradley Chubb or corner Chris Harris. I couldn't find anybody offensively. I mean, I know Philip Lins is a good player, but he didn't do a lot against us. I'll take my chances on Chris Harris being off the field. The Vic Fangio experiment, Gary Kubiak leaving the organization. There's a lot of drama in Denver, no doubt. A lot of drama. Mark, appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Johnny. All right, that'll do it. A big thanks to Brian Body Calhoun, to Buddy Howell, of course, to Mark Vandermeer. And to you guys for listening, thank you so much. We'll see you tomorrow. And as always, go Texans.